Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to finish Luke chapter 14. We'll be in verse 34, and then we're going to go into chapter 15, verses 1 through 7, the parable of the lost sheep. You may have noticed we've been away from the Daily Dose for a couple days. We were in Lexington, Kentucky at the Christian Products Expo, and I did 18 interviews for the CC Podcast Conversations over the course of a couple days. Those interviews are being released over on that podcast day by day, so I would strongly suggest that you go over there and check out a bunch of our new content. Now you remember we just spent four days in Luke 14, 25 through 33. That's where Jesus lays out the cost of discipleship, three criteria that he requires for those who would be his disciples. If you haven't heard those devotions yet, I would go back and listen to a very important passage and it sets up what we see in verse 34. Jesus says, salt is good, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is of no use either to the soil or for the manure pile. Throw it away. He who has ears to hear let him hear. This isn't the only place in the Gospels where Jesus likens salt or saltiness to that of being a disciple. That those of us who trust Jesus Christ and who are his disciples are supposed to be in the world functioning somewhat like salt. Some interpret that as creating a thirst or a hunger for people to know God, to know about his kingdom, to trust Christ. Some people interpret that as bringing out the flavors of who God is so that people can enjoy him and and be fulfilled by him in the way that believers in Christ are fulfilled by him, in the way that we enjoy him. Either way, salt that is not salty, obviously, is worthless, needs to be thrown away. As it relates to this passage that we just spent four episodes on, I think Jesus is saying Christianity or people claiming to be my followers who don't actually live that out, who aren't salty in the way that salt should be salty, they're worthless. They need to be thrown out. They're ineffective. They're of no value. And then he finishes it up with he who has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, those of you who know what I'm saying, make sure you don't just understand what I'm saying, but live out what I'm saying. This sets up Luke chapter 15 beautifully. We're going to hear three stories, the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and the parable of the lost son. And the content of chapter 15 is only found in Luke. It's very popular. I'm sure most of us have heard sermons about these texts if we've been around the faith much. So let's jump in at verse 1. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So in typical fashion, the Pharisees take what is a great situation and turn it into bad news. That is that Jesus is increasingly popular among sinners. And the Pharisees don't view themselves as sinners. These guys are self-righteous. They keep the law. They do the prayers. They jump through all the religious hoops. And these tax collectors and sinners are below them. And they think below Jesus. If Jesus is really the Messiah, if Jesus is really the culmination of God's promise to the Jewish people, there's no way he'd waste his time with these scumbags. So Jesus told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 
99 righteous persons who need no repentance. So the word rejoicing or joy, you might have caught it, shows up in there three times. And this is the heart of God towards somebody who is a sinner who repents. That is, changes their mind about their condition, changes their mind about their need for Christ rather than their dependence on themselves, puts their faith in Christ, and enters the kingdom of God through faith in Christ. They receive his forgiveness. They're reconciled to their creator. They're promised a place in heaven forever. They're indwelled with the Holy Spirit and a bunch of other things that happen to people when they repent. Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, and by the way, this entire chapter is Jesus challenging and speaking to the Pharisees. He's saying, guys, if you lost a sheep, you'd be excited if it was found. Yet when a person is found, when a sinner repents, rather than being joy-filled, you grumble. And that is at odds with the heart of God. At the end there, Jesus says there'll be more joy in heaven over a sinner who repents than over 99 persons who are righteous and need no repentance. Well, if you've been paying attention at all in the well, if you've been paying attention at all in the book of Luke and in the gospels, there is no category of person in Jesus' mind who does not need repentance. So he's not suggesting that these Pharisees in this so he's not suggesting that these Pharisees and these scribes or anybody who's really religious or righteous doesn't need repentance. Every one of us is stained to the core with sin. Every one of us in our natural condition is an opponent and enemy of God. Every one of us, even the most moral person on the planet, needs to repent and put their faith in Jesus. It's the only way that they can be saved. Jesus isn't suggesting here then that there's some category of person that is already righteous enough to not need repentance. But he's speaking to the Pharisees and the scribes who themselves think they are righteous enough to not need repentance. So here's the question or application for us today as I see it. First of all, we ought to all view ourselves as the one, the one that was lost, that is in need of being saved, of being found, of repenting. And secondly, once we view ourselves in that way. And for many of us, we have repented. We have put our faith in Christ. We need to view other sinners the way that God does. The Pharisees rightly accused Jesus of receiving sinners and eating with them. Jesus wanted to be around sinners for the sake of drawing them into the kingdom, for the sake of helping them achieve repentance. Too many of us, people who trust Christ, people who are made righteous by faith in him, we don't want to have much to do with sinners. Rather than receiving them and eating with them, we want to stay away from them. Friends, there's lost people everywhere around us, in our families, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, believe it or not, in our churches in many cases, on our kids' sports teams, in the bleachers, at our kids' sporting events, etc., etc., etc. Find some sinners, some lost people that need to repent, and in a spirit of humility and genuine love and compassion, not self-righteousness, receive them, eat with them, and see what the Lord does for the sake of his name and for your good. And, of course, for the good of the ones who still need to meet him. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great day. This is The Daily Dose, a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify Podcasts, or download the free Christian Crusaders app and share with a friend. Also, prayerfully consider supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org, where you can find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, airing on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions, the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they are bringing all three together, honoring God and blessing our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com.
We also want to highlight another special ministry partner, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Check out conference videos and schedule of events online at cedarfallsbibleconference.com and mark your calendars for Saturday, July 29th through Saturday, August 5th, 2023 for the 102nd annual Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Thank you for listening and may God richly bless you.